Hello and welcome to the Doxology Podcast. I am Jens Nelson. I am Lucas Stock. And this is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. Thank you for joining us as we discuss and investigate theology and the Christian life as we strive for unity amongst our diversity as members of Christ's church. On today's episode, we are back with some more exciting and fresh content for you. Uh, This one was sort of a, I don't know, it was a, (laughs) this was birthed out of a Twitter thread, I believe, where there was some, some comments that I saw where people were disagreeing about interpretation uh, and then they mentioned in, in the Apostles Creed the the line of he descended into hell or he descended in, uh, he descended to the dead depending on the translation uh, and so for me it sparked the idea of well that's interesting that there's disagreement on what that means so to what extent can two people confess something like the Apostles Creed and yet have differing interpretations on perhaps what it means because uh, we can we can say you know I believe in God the Father Almighty Maker of heaven and earth uh, but then when we get down to He descended to the dead we might have a difference of opinion on on what that means so th- that's sort of the question that we're posing today we're talking about creedal disagreements uh, really the question like I said is to what extent can we disagree on something within one of the creeds and i'm thinking like the big three um maybe we maybe you're thinking more broadly but like to what extent can we disagree and still have unity and if you are a fan of our podcast or if you've sort of been around for a while you'll know that that's something that we're big on i mean i just said that in our in our intro that we're striving for unity amongst or in the midst of diversity and again maybe you're new maybe you're not but you know lucas is an anglican i'm Baptist-ish. I'm, I don't even really know exactly anymore, but at least like historically I've considered myself to be Baptist. So we have uh, different backgrounds, different perspectives, you know, when it comes to baptism or the Lord's Supper. Uh, We've had disagreements on Tulip and the Reformed Doctrines of Grace. Um, At the same time, we have a lot of unity, something that when when we started this podcast, I thought we were going to have far more disagreements, far more arguments over the mic, Uh, But what I've come to learn is Lucas and I have far more in common. So how does that relate to the creeds? That's what we're talking about today. So Lucas, what what do you want to say here at the outset? I think to start, there's a few sort of like, like I feel like in order to have a a decent conversation around um, the specific potential disagreements that we might have in mind, whether we're talking about, oh, the creed should say, this or that, or, or we're talking about when the creed says this, it means this or that, you know, before any of those conversations can happen, there's a lot of background work in terms of theological method, in terms of presuppositions about what it means to, to, to say, or to confess a creed that I think we need to cover in order to have those more concrete or eh, maybe not more concrete, but more specific conversations, right? So I kind of wanted to do a little bit of that background stuff as sort of like a way into potential future more nitty gritty discussions about, oh, when, you know, when, when the Nicene Creed says this, what does it mean kind of thing? And so there's, there's a few presuppositions that I'm just going to be operating with that have to do with, with with being a creedal Christian, right? I, I consider myself a Christian who is bound by 
you know, the, the, the three Catholic creeds as, as, as the, the big, the big overarching creedal statements of, of Christian orthodoxy and doctrine and belief and practice, right? Meaning Nicene Creed, Apostles Creed, Athanasian Creed, there's, we, we, we've said lots of things about all three of those in the past, so, so we don't need to go into the details, but, but, and we've had a whole episode on creedalism and confessionalism and, and, and this is what we're operating in when we have this conversation. And I don't need to, I, I don't feel the need to get all the way into that because we've done that before. So obviously if you're new here, you might want to like search through the back catalog and, and see if there's some, you know, related episodes that might be helpful. Um, but if you've been around, then you've, you've already kind of heard like, you know, basically, you, you know, in broad strokes where we're coming from as Christians who are striving to be orthodox, confessional, creedal Christians, not not just Christians uh, in, in the broadest sense. So some of these presuppositions, and please forgive me, I still have the sniffles, but I am getting over the, the dreaded COVID. So, um, you know, trying not to be too annoying with that, but it is what it is. So these presuppositions that I want to operate with are, first of all, the creeds. Again, when I say that, you know, just broadly, as we say that, we'll, we're talking Nicene Creed, Athanasian Creed, Apostles Creed as sort of the just the standard, quote unquote, creeds that we're discussing. These creeds provide our standard. And when I say that, I mean of doctrine, of, of belief, of faith, not the other way around. We don't get to, you know, mediate the creeds. The creeds are our standard. The creeds are confessed because they faithfully teach what scripture reveals to us. The, the creeds are not what determine scripture. Scripture determined the content of the creeds as the church faithfully, prayerfully reflected on uh, what Christians believe. And you condense that down and you get statements like the Nicene Creed. The creeds operate, they, they were produced and they continue to operate. And they, there's, this, there's this assumption going into it that you're within the church, you know, capital C. You're within the, 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 the you're not just some solo person out on your own deciding to, you know, check the boxes of the Nicene Creed or not. This is a this is an ecclesial uh, uh, regula fide rule of faith, right? This is a this is something that happens within the church, and because of these things, I don't have the ability or the authority to make interpretive decisions about the creed just on the basis of my own opinions, right? I have the ability, obviously. If you're a human, you know this is true. I very much have the ability to have opinions. And as someone who, you know, reads about, thinks about, discusses, uh, you know, the theology and, and the Christian life, you know, what we talk about here on this podcast, I'm going to develop a ton of opinions about things that are in the creed. And I might even have opinions based on historical, theological, philosophical, biblical, you know, reflections. I might even have opinions on uh, one of the lines of the creed or something, or the way this creed expresses it, you know, I might have these opinions, but my opinions don't carry the weight of authority in determining how I get to choose what the creed says. 
Because if you're a creedal Christian, there are certain uh, presuppositions about how doctrine works. To be a creedal Christian, which I'm just taking for granted is a good thing, because like I said, we've already kind of dove a little bit into why it's a good thing, means submitting to the boundaries. When I say boundaries, I mean like theological, doctrinal boundaries that are provided to me externally by scripture, tradition, and reason. There's sort of that three-legged stool. Um, there's the wet, the, the somebody else has a quadrilateral scripture, tradition, reason, experience, I think. But the point is that there, there are these external boundaries on, on what to believe, how to believe, how to do theology, how to, how to uh, understand certain truths that Scripture reveals. There are these external boundaries that are, that are, that are given to me as a, as a person, uh, as an individual person, that I don't make up. I don't determine what Scripture says. I don't determine what the church has passed down to be the faith once delivered to the saints over the last 2,000 years. I don't determine, you know, philosophically what is reasonable to believe. These are, these are boundary markers that are, that are passed down to me. I need to discern what those boundaries are. But once I do so, I don't, I don't get to create those boundaries. And since I'm not the one who creates the boundaries, I don't get to change them if I don't like them, right? I don't get to determine, hey, you know, the Trinity is really tough. You know, I, I just think if you, if you really think about it, uh, uh, you know, it doesn't really make sense for there to be three persons in God. I, I think there's only two persons in God. So, so like I, you know, I'm a creedal Christian, but I just, I just think that, you know, we should tweak it a little bit so that people don't go around thinking the Holy Spirit's God. Like, obviously to do so completely betrays the entire integrity of scripture, tradition, reason of what it means to be uh, a Christian, right? What it, what it means to believe as a Christian um, when it comes to who God reveals himself to be in, in three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit. So that's kind of an obvious example, and we'll get into maybe some more examples, but I want to start with these presuppositions, right? There, there are, there are the, the, that, that essentially have to do with authority, and I want to pause here and get your thoughts. But basically, what what before I get into a little more about authority, like I want to hear what you have to say. But that's basically the presuppositions point to the fact that I, as an individual, even a gifted, uh, you know, regenerate, uh, educated, thoughtful, careful, prayerful individual. Not that all those things are true of me, but even if even those individuals don't have the authority to just make interpretive decisions about what God has given to us, right? Whether we're talking about scripture or tradition, which, you know, talking about the creeds, that's maybe more the area we're focusing in, or reason, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so yeah, authority not being vested in me as an individual or you as an individual. That's sort of where I want to start, and I want to get your thoughts now. Yeah. No, that's a really good place to start. And man, the the more that the more that we get into this episode, the more that I'm like, wow, there's so many things I didn't think about until until this moment. But um, I, I feel like I was so honed in on one thing. And maybe if you know me, you know that's sort of like 
my little hobby horse, like theological hobby horse that I'm really interested in the, in, in the descent. Um, but that line seems so random and so foreign to most, I think, modern evangelicals, whatever that means. I think if you, I mean, at least I remember when I was first exposed to the Apostles' Creed in, I mean, I've, I'd probably heard it before, but the first time I remember it being like taught and explained was uh, Christianity and Western culture at Moody Bible Institute, where we basically had to recite it every day that we came to class. It was the first thing that we did. And then eventually he would take away the words and we would just recite it all together. It was really cool. Uh, but I, I remember that clause of he descended to the dead, he descended into hell. We have an entire episode on it if you want to listen to it. I remember hearing that and just being like, I, I don't know what that means. I don't have categories to explain like Jesus descending into hell. And so like many people, um, I, th I think I maybe just like tucked it away. I didn't really think about it. Didn't really worry about it until we had that first or I guess maybe second episode that we ever recorded. Uh, it was like, what is the essence of the Christian faith where we walked line by line through the Apostles Creed. And I remember when I was doing the prep, and I, I, I just kept getting caught up on he descended into hell. And so I, I did a, a, a shallow dive into some articles, some books, some different things. And I was sort of blown away by what I was reading. And I was like, man, I have never heard this before. I've never thought like this before. And so that line in particular, especially because it's one that is not necessarily super clear or apparent even in scripture what it means there's no verse that says you know and now jesus descended into the into the pit or to the dead or whatever uh it's one of those things that there is going to be vast opinions on on what that means and so the same people you and i can read the entire creed we can believe it it can be our firm foundation we can believe in the authority of scripture everything you've said everything that you're going to say um so can 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 two people disagree on on what it means that Jesus descended to the dead? So can so like John Calvin, uh, Calvin thought that that was sort of um, you know metaphorical language that that Christ on the cross experienced the the torments of hell. Uh, he he took the wrath of God, he bore it all, and so in some sort of metaphorical sense, he descended to the dead or he descended into hell. Uh, the, that was that was a very foreign interpretation up until about the time of the Reformation, and then that sort of became somewhat of the standard, especially in more Calvinistic circles. Um, and so, like you know, me and John Calvin, uh, I've got a tattoo of him on my forearm here. Can can me and John disagree on the interpretation of he descended to the dead and still, in some sense, confess this creed together? And so that that those were sort of my thoughts as I. I guess approached our conversation. Here yeah, today. Well, let's let's do it then, because I think that I think we've kind of we've kind of set the stage, and I think that that's there. There's I I as as my more concrete example, I kind of focused in on on not the descent, but the um, the the um, what is it the, in the Nicene Creed? I think that he will he'll he'll uh, gosh, this is bad. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. I, I think is the maybe that's the Apostles' Creed. Uh, line that but the the second coming right and and sort of eschatological views of that is kind of the example that i honed in on in terms of concrete stuff but but with both of these examples i think we can kind of take like because here's the thing you me john calvin you know none of us are going to deny the the authoritative place of the apostles creed 
in the the life of the church and the life of individual believers and the role that it plays in terms of uh, stand you know setting the standard for Christian doctrine right um, and that I think is like obviously to me or I shouldn't say obviously to me I think that that is definitely like point number one right because you have um, you know, I, I don't know, like, the details of this in terms of argumentation or motivation, but, like, you have, like, I know I've seen, like, significant, uh, you, you know, voices within, uh, you know, I guess broadly, like, evangelical um, theology saying we need to take that line out of the creed or we need to change that line or, or whatever because it doesn't fit, you know, and here's my reasons why, you know, whatever, like, like I'm taking it all sure. in good faith. Yeah. I'm pretty sure like Wayne Grudem, for example, is somebody that advocates for removing the line from the creed. Yeah. That's what I was, that's, that's what I was thinking of. I didn't want to name names, but you know, <laughs> well, I just, it is what it is. Whatever. No, no way, Wayne, no way, Wayne. We, we've already named him. So no way, Wayne. Anyway, the point is like, that's a very different, that, that, that's a completely different beast than saying, oh, you know, Christ didn't actually descend into hell. He experienced a spiritual descent from the presence of God as he bore the sins of the world, um, which is what hell is, a separation from God. So uh, in that way, he is said to have descended into hell. Um, like, this is where it goes back to, for me, questions of, like, theological opinions, and even very well well founded and well educated and well thought through theological opinions, because there's the obvious sort of like oh well we just need to change the creed right like there's the obvious like okay that's too far that way we can just kind of take that off the table at if we're saying that we we are stri you know if, if we're saying we're creedal we don't get to just change the creed okay but there are these different interpretations like you're saying that are that are pretty different. If you think about it, like like broadly speaking, if you say that that is a true but metaphorical statement, or that is a true and literal, uh, like 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 I guess I guess it wouldn't be physical, but like literal, real spirit entering into the dead statement. Those are two pretty different, and there's probably different versions of both of those that could be even more different from each other, but. For me, like, the first question is what's going on in terms of the background of that? Because John Calvin isn't saying that because he's rejecting the, the witness of the early church or the, the role that the patristic consensus has in determining the boundaries of orthodoxy, right? I mean... I believe I've read that he quotes the fathers more than the Bible in the Institutes, at least in one, at least in the final version. I don't know if that's true of all of them, but he's not someone who's rejecting the creed. He He's putting forward in a, a theological opinion based on a certain whatever, hermeneutics and reading of this or that and blah, 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 blah. And he is teaching it as doctrine, right? But would John Calvin say that the Institutes of the Christian religion are on the same level as the Apostles' Creed. I can't fathom him saying that. And, well, for for a while, I don't think very many of his followers who are reading the Institutes are interested in doing that either. 
you know, there are probably lots of people today who would want to do that. But that's sort of, I think, a later thing that kind of develops. But so there's also that where he's, we're still, conf- him and, uh, you know, Martin Luther and Cardinal uh, Bellarmine and, you know, Patriarch so-and-so of Constantinople in the 16th century, they're all still confessing, well, I guess not the Patriarch because the Apostles' Creed is a Western creed, but they're like, they're, they're all still confessing that he descended into hell, right? And so that's like point number one, is the, is, is the question of authority and and putting yourself under that confession, he descended into hell. That doesn't explain the difference in opinion of what it means, you know, what is hell? What is descend? And I've, I've beat around the bush enough at this point to come to the question of like, if I believe he really descended into, you know, the place of the dead, is it, is it, you know, stretching the truth to say that somebody who believes it was a metaphor and I are both confessing the same thing? I, I want to err on the side of being really strict with the creeds, you know, because the, the, this is sort of the bare bones, you know, the skeleton of the faith in terms of, of what it, you know, the bullet points that it's putting, that these creeds are, are uh, sort of, you know, nailing down for us. Um, so I do want to err on the side of like creedal orthodoxy is a serious business, right? Like that's sort of the, that that's where I lean um, especially over the 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 main points, um, I I do, however, also I think I'm just forced to recognize that even within the creeds, there is a certain hierarchy of what they choose to talk about. Right, so it's one thing to say the descent into hell was metaphorical. Which doesn't mean less real, it just means, you know, the descent into hell refers to his, you know, dereliction on the cross. It doesn't it doesn't refer to him entering Hades, it refers to his dereliction. That's much different than I'm not confessing that he descended into the dead. Um, and we could think of a million examples of, of, of each thing where, like, the Arians, some of the Arians... We're, we're able to say, oh, yeah, we confess. We, we, we can say the Nicene Creed. We can say homoousios with the Father. We can say that the Son is of one substance of the Father because they reinterpreted what one substance means in such a way that they were just playing word games to be able to say that they were being faithful to the Creed. So there is such a world where you're just playing word games and, and that's why I want to be on the strict side. Mm. But are we, you know, to take this example, are we playing word games in that example of, you know, John Calvin's interpretation versus the more older interpretation, the uh, mainstream of, of, of uh, you know, harrowing of hell kind of thing? Yeah. And I know I'm just, I've just spent like 10 minutes restating your question. No, that, but that's but that, like, that's what I, I keep, I, I, all week, ever since I, I brought this idea to you, I've had this like internal battle, like this internal wrestling of, uh, of going back and forth between like, man, I don't want to be super dogmatic, but I also don't want to just like say you can do whatever you want. Um, yeah. And, and there's like almost, I don't, 
I don't know if there's like a middle ground. Uh, I I don't know why I had never really thought of it in this way before. I just assumed, you know, okay, let me, let me back up. For context, you and I, like I mentioned a little bit ago, we had that episode where we read through and talked about in detail the Apostles' Creed. A while down the road, we did something on Fridays called Creeds and Confessions, where we would walk line by line through different creeds and different confessions. So we have episodes where we where we talked about the, the Nicene and the Athanasian creeds and in my mind when we when we did those i i just sort of operated with this this assumption that you know to to confess the creeds um is to to be catholic to 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 just sort of be in line with the 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 history of the church and it, it you know it, those were established when they were established they've been carried forward ever since they're in the back of my esv creeds and confessions bible and so I, maybe it Maybe I didn't actually think this way, but part of me is like, I just assumed that if, if we say these, that this is just sort of, okay, we must believe them. Uh, but I know there's it's certain, much more complicated than that. There's a certain self-evidence to right. where the creeds say what they say, so you, you either agree or you disagree kind of kind of thing. Almost, yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. if, if you're going to say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, I don't really think there's much room for you to disagree that there's a God, the Father Almighty, who created heaven and earth. Um, or right. to disagree that I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, and yeah. so and that kind of gets to, sorry, no, sorry, I mean, but like that kind of gets to to part of the question too, where it's like, um, the question of like word games versus just genuine recognition of what the creed, what the issue in the creed actually is, you know. So like, you know, everybody's favorite topic, um, you know the age of the earth and the method of creation and, and origins of life and all that kind of stuff. Genesis one, you know, those very boring debates that we've all spent years <laughs> thinking about in, in, in Bible college for those of us who had the, the, the joy of attending. <laughs> um, like it's a little bit easier for me to, to sort of mark out where the, where the word games start because the creed is saying God is creator. Like it's very clear that that is what is being affirmed. Right. And, you know, to take one facet of that Genesis one conversation, how old the earth is, it's very, it's very obvious to me how that's not what's at stake. And so maybe you think that that is a big deal and that somebody who believes in X age of the earth can't be a, a true Christian. Maybe you believe that and, and you, you, you can make your case, but that's just not what the creed is saying. Like, like the creed is choosing to, when it comes to creation, what is being affirmed is that God is the creator. So like that one's pretty easy, right? And, and like, it seems pretty clear to say, oh, we're both affirming that God is the creator the only one the, the the almighty father who created we just disagree how long it took him in his infinite power and wisdom hmm. like it's 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 clearer for me to see how there's there's a there's a there's a there are two levels there for where sure. obviously the the way god chose to create is related to the creedal doctrine that he is the maker of heaven and earth but there's still this this very clear difference where the creed isn't actually speaking to that. 
it seems to me it just just reading it sort of a sort of a plain reading of it it just seems very clear to me in a way that it's a little bit mushier when we get into he descended into hell well on a plain reading the way that my brain works a plain reading is oh well the creed is saying he went to a place called that that you know in english we call hell or whatever well okay then then if that's fair then there's a little bit less room for you know oh well descent is talking about the dereliction not talking about hades you know what i mean and and that's where it gets it, it can get mushy and you can get really lost in the weeds in terms of whatever but but i do think that like like level one is like the attitude that that we're taking it of of submission to it right so, and then level two i think is is like when those differences arise being cognizant of the fact that like the creed says what it says you know like like not that we can scientifically crawl into the brains of the you know fathers of nicaea and reconstruct exactly what they thought in authorial intent of section one of the Nicene Creed or whatever, but we can do fair, honest, you know, hermeneutics on the creed. And we can see like, okay, God, the father almighty maker of heaven and earth. We cannot believe in, you know, Zeus, right? Like that's not who we're talking about here for like, we can just, we can just set that off the table. Um, but I don't know. It, it, it's, not each line each line doesn't seem equal yeah if so that makes does sense this, does some of this get into maybe something like theological triage to reference you know a, a book that gavin ortland wrote and, and talked a lot about these uh like different tiered or different ranked doctrines like the for example to compare you know jesus at, is he fully god and fully man to compare a doctrine like that to the exact number of angels that exist like that is a doctrine in some sense talking about angelology but it's not like a foundational thing to the faith where if you know if i confess that there are only 130 angels and, and lucas thinks there's an infinite amount that i'm somehow a heretic or whatever like that's such a low tier low rank doctrine is there a sense in which the creeds themselves maybe have even some of that uh, that that difference of like this is like top tier or maybe to confess to say that like so to read i keep coming back to the apostles creed because it's so short and easy to remember but to, to to go through line by line if you're if you're saying it and confessing it and believing it can can you confess it without fully understanding what it means like for me at moody to have confessed the Apostles' Creed to 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 say it and to believe it, but to not understand fully what the descent means is there is there room for that? I know that's like a little bit of a different question, uh, but can can we as the the church, uh, you and me, from different theological perspectives and traditions, we're reading the same words, um, and maybe we I, I don't think you and I have very much difference of opinion, but let's just for the sake of this argument, let's say that we do. Um, can can we both just confess it and believe? the words that we're saying without fully understanding what they fully mean to to answer that question i think yes i i think a hundred million percent absolutely no doubt about it because that's what we do with everything right like like there's there's no as far as i know there there's there's no like christian warrant for the idea that like like do you believe do like 
real question, putting you on the spot. Do you believe that that God is your father? Yes. Is that do you, a trick do question? You, do, no, it's not oh, a trick okay, question. Okay. Do, you, do you think that you fully, in your mind right now, top to bottom, fully comprehend how and what that means in all of its glorious facets? Certainly not, no. But... You do, but like you do, confess that God is your father, and I don't yeah. think that you're being disingenuous to say that. So, in this, in in a similar way, I would say, okay, like, mm-hmm. like, 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 similarly approaching something like the Apostles' Creed, it's one thing to say, it's one thing to say, oh, you know, I'm not really sure God exists, but I'm just going to confess this because it's what my family and friends do, and it, it helps me to fit in, and and maybe you know, just kind of fake it till I make it. That's that's a lot different than saying, yeah, my finite, puny human brain hasn't plumbed the depths of God in all eternity, but I'm still going to confess what, is, what I know is true about him. So I think as far as that goes, that, that, that covers some of the ground in terms of the reason we have disagreements, even over human documents like the Nicene Creed or the Apostles' Creed, is because we're human. So we don't have, you know, an infinite grasp and awareness mm-hmm. of everything. So, so, so some of the reason we have difference is, is just down to human like limitation and weakness. Right. So we, we, we don't need to, you know, hold our breath until we figure everything out with utmost confidence. And then we can finally say, right. For the sure. Apostles creed or whatever. And I feel like maybe, um, maybe yeah. we said this a little bit at the outset. I, I, I just want to clarify too, in case we have not made this clear, uh, we are not, we would not be of the opinion that the creeds are on the same sort of authoritative level as scripture. So when we're saying like, to what extent can we disagree? We're, we're not like drawing hard and fast lines necessarily. This is, this was more of just like a, an interesting conversation that I thought would be fun to explore. So we're not saying like that, 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 that scripture and the creeds are on the same level. And so you must believe it this way, or you're some sort of heretic or you're, some lost cause. I don't know. I, I felt like I needed to say that in this moment. So hopefully that was helpful to clarifying. And also to go, the other thing you brought up about triage, I think is a really helpful frame for thinking through some of these mushy questions that we've, we've run up into already because uh, a great example, you know, God, like you said, God is creator. How many angels are there? Very easy to triage kind of between the two. Um, But how many angels are there? Like, it's not only not as important as the fact that God is the creator, but it's not in the creed. So there, there's like, like, you know, triage, I don't, don't, I'm not a doctor, but you know, like go to the ER or whatever, like triage level one is like what's in the creeds, right? Like the fact that this, 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 and this are in the creeds, it puts them on a different level. It puts them on a dogmatic level. And, you know, this is this is maybe, I don't know, that might, might be somewhat uncomfortable for some people listening, but like the fact that Jesus descended to the dead or descended into hell, depending on what translation you use, is a creedal issue. Like, it's not just a doctrine. It's not just a doctrine that has a long history in the Christian church. But it, it is a creed for, you might think it's a terrible idea, but the fact is, it's a creedal issue, as in, it's in the creeds. <laughs> so if you confess the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed, then 
you are you are bound to confess those words, whatever you want to say they mean, and you're along with other things like the resurrection of the dead, and that Jesus is God as well as man, and you know that he suffered under Pontius Pilate, and you know you know there there all the different things that are in, that are in the creed, right? Um, and the fact that something is in the creed is is really really important. Like all of these creeds, like like the uh, the, the the Athanasian creed, you know, like quote unquote creed, you know. But within it, it has you know, sort of an anathema. You know, it, whoever wants to be saved needs to hold the Catholic faith, and this is what that faith is, and then it goes on. But all of the creed, you know, like the the Nicene Creed at the Council of of Nicaea one and then Constantinople one. It comes, like, like the council doesn't just write this up on one piece of paper and then hand it over to the, the world. Like, there, there are, there's a whole, there are uh, canons and decrees and there are anathemas attached to this creed. So fr- from day one, the church is saying, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't confess this, you are anathema. You are accursed. You are cut off from Christ. And the, the, the reason for that, like, like, reason numero uno is because they were dealing with Arianism. So, you, you know, you know, you read the, like the Nicene Creed. Oh, Jesus is, is of the same substance uh, as the father. No, I don't believe that. Okay. Well, you're, you're not an Orthodox Christian. Right. And I don't know, that's kind of heavy to think about, but like, it's true that like the fact that this is, that, that this or that is a creedal issue is like, Probably, I would say, ought to be like the first question when it comes to doing theological triage in terms of how important are these relative to each other, right? Because how many angels there are, we know right away that it's at a much lower level than Jesus's divinity because only one of those is mentioned in the creeds, right? And that doesn't... That doesn't answer the question for us but i think it, it it it's definitely like triage number one but then there's also room i think there has to be if you just if you just think about it for for two seconds within the creed we've got to do you know the hard work of triaging things because the trinity's in the creed um and so is the fact that he was crucified under pontius pilate and those are both like non-negotiable just facts of reality but like you know there, there's a sense in which i think it's fair to say it, it, at least in an ulti- you know in in a universal sense like the trinity is probably more important you know, even as i say that i don't know if that's really true but like like and maybe where the triage comes in is less the actual creedal statements and more the interpretation to, to bring it back to things like the descent or like the example I was going to go with is, is he, he will come again to judge the living and the dead. That's, that's a non-negotiable thing. Like if, if somebody comes to me and tells me, I don't believe Jesus is coming back, then on the basis of the entire Orthodox Christian faith from Genesis to revelation, to the creeds, to my own pastor, you know, and everything in between, I can look that person in the eyes and say, you are not a Christian in the historical orthodox sense. Like you are, you are erring right now. But I can look someone who tells me they're a post-millennialist or an amillennialist 
or a premillennialist in the eye, and I can fully believe that all three of those people are equally, not just equally Christians, but equally creedal Christians, because they all confess that Jesus will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. And and so there there's, again, similar to the like, how old is the earth thing? I think that one's a little easier to parse out than the descent question in terms of, because we're not questioning whether or not he's going to come back, or we're not questioning what the word judge means. We're questioning a detail that's related to that creedal thing that isn't, you know, explicitly laid out in scripture. And we're, we're taking what the creed says in light of what scripture says as the basis and in light of further reflection and in light of what our tradition, you know, specific denominational tradition says. And we're putting that together to come into a conclusion that I think, you know, the proper millennial view is post-millennial or whatever. Um, but our starting point is still he will come again to judge the living and the dead. And, and of course, that's just the position of the New Testament. That's There's a reason it's in the creed. It's, it's, there's a reason it's non-negotiable. So I think that these are sort of the considerations. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then to to wrap up, I don't know how to answer things like, you know, what we've referred to as like the John Calvin view of the descent as opposed to like a harrowing of hell, literally entering Hades view. That well, that one's probably like think, just thinking through, trying to remember everything the creed talks about. That's probably the hardest question that we could ask. Yeah. In terms of in terms of having two two people with with different interpretations regarding something in the creed, and again, it comes back to that's actually an interpretation about what the creed says, right? Not not doctrines that are related to the main doctrines that the creed puts forward. Um, yeah, so maybe, for maybe, sure. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if you have any like follow-up thoughts uh, that, that just spring to mind based on what I just said, but like, I think, I think those are like the, the, uh, the important considerations, right? It, yeah. Is, and I agree. I, yeah. I, I feel like I've even been swayed a little bit by some of what you've said. And I, part of me, part of me wants to just say that, yeah, it, th- these have been the, the creeds that have been handed down for generations that have been confessed and have been believed. There might have been a different nuance on what that interpretation was, but the fact still stood that they confessed it and believed it, that in some way Jesus descended into the dead. Um, or, you know, God is the, the, the Father, Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so you might disagree on how long it took him to create or... Uh, whatever, but you still are confessing that yes, God is creator, not Zeus, not Lucifer or, or some other being. So I don't know. A part of me wants to say that yeah, we can we can have some disagreement on interpretation, but at the end of the day, there are still other things that are authoritative to us. There are things there. There's the obviously scripture. Um, there's your tradition that you're in. There's your pastors. There's um, deep reflection on your own as well there's there's all these different things that in in which we can come to scripture in which we can come to the creeds and at the end of the day i I think it it might be hard to say maybe it's a little bit spicy i don't know but you have to confess something And, and these creeds are the historic creeds for a reason and so there's a reason and a warrant to confess them and so for me 
to, to, to think of removing a line that that seems really dangerous. And that I think is more problematic than we have a difference on what this line means. So I think at the end of the day, like I, I want to confess these creeds, these confessions that we've you know, obviously today, we're just talking about creeds in particular. So maybe I'll just say, I want to confess these creeds. Um, but I want to leave a little bit of room for a difference on interpretation. That's, that's sort of where I've landed. Yeah. And I think like the way, the way that I think of it as, as you're saying that the way that I kind of think of a, of a way, a, a, a way to summarize that in different words, basically is like the, having the humility to recognize our own limitations allows us to be, be like faithfully dogmatic, right? We're not, we're not being dogmatic in a rigid, blind, you know, dogmatic, dogmaticism kind of way, but we're being dogmatic as in holding to that, which is dogma that God has given to us through his word, through his son, through his spirit. Um, while recognizing like, like we are not dogmatic, right? Like, like, like we are not infallible. God has given us an infallible witness to himself, revelation, not just witness, but revelation of himself. So, so we, we need to be faithful to what he has given us. Uh, but that doesn't need, but, but, but recognizing our own limitation as humans opens the door for conversations and, and that, that disposition will protect you from saying you're not my brother just because we disagree which you have to say sometimes but if you should you should only say it when you have to <laughs> and and then it, on the other hand it'll also protect you from snipping out a line from the creed because it doesn't fit your own worldview you know and, and i think that um i think that there's obviously more to be said but i think that that like what we've said today i think is what i would want to say Cool. As sort of this is this is the like position that you want to start from interesting you know, you, yeah. That, that, yeah that was good and i think that that was a, a great place to leave it and so in keeping with the spirit in keeping with the the conversation here in, instead of some sort of prayer from the valley of vision or from the book of common prayer we figured let's recite the apostles creed we're going to try to do it in unison uh try, just like we would have done in that class if we had had it together but we'll 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 start here so i don't know i'll just sort of begin with the i believe the first line so are, are you are you you have it up are you good to roll okay i do so, it is in front of me all right so i believe in god the father god the father almighty, almighty creator of heaven creator and of earth. heaven and earth I believe in Jesus I believe Christ, in Jesus Christ his, his only, only son, son, our Lord. Our Lord. <laughs> this is a, <laughs> a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. I should also you say... You got to do it every week. I know. For those of you who are new, if you've never been here, we we are not in the same room right now. So we're, yeah. we, we, have, we have our phones up that. and we're conversing over FaceTime. And so we apologize. We're going to keep rolling through <laughs> by saying he suffered... I think that's where we were at. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, Pontius Pilate was crucified, was crucified died, and died, was buried. And was buried. He, descended, he to descended to the dead. On the third day, the he, third rose day again. he rose again. He ascended into, he heaven, ascended into heaven and is seated and at, is the, seated right at the right hand, hand, of, the hand of the Father. He will come again will to, come judge, again the to judge the living and the dead. And the dead. I, believe I believe in, in the, the Holy Spirit, Spirit the Holy the Catholic, Holy Catholic Church. Church. The communion, the communion of saints, of saints the forgiveness, the of, forgiveness sins, of sins, the resurrection of the, the, resurrection body, of the body, and the life, and the life everlasting. everlasting. Amen.
it's kind of fun to try to do. I'm going to be very curious to see how that comes out in in the final product. But uh, we just want to say thank you. Thank you, Lucas, for all that you did to, to even prepare this episode. It was a super, super fun conversation. And thank you, dear listeners, for, for tuning in to another episode of the Doxology Podcast. If you'd like to connect with us, you can hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Doxology Podcast. Or you're welcome to email us at doxologypodcast at gmail.com. Send us your feedback, your questions, and your episode ideas. Just say hello, whatever you want to do. We'd love to hear from you at the end of the day. Remember, be nice and be nice seen and confess the creeds. Peace. See ya.